boy, I can't help it. Even when I'm the only one in the booth, I still love that sound when I hear it because it means that we are in for another episode of the Rec Poker Podcast. Uh, this month, we are going into the rec room. So I don't know if uh, some of our loyal listeners will um, follow along. We have the wrecking crew over at Rec Poker here, where uh, the wrecking crew is made up of various rec poker peeps who want to take their love for poker and their knowledge of poker uh, to the next level and share it with the world. And so once a month, we take a premium rec poker member. We pair them up with a wrecking crew member of their choice, and they spend a little time in the rec room uh, just talking about poker and whatever interests them. Uh, this month, I was the wrecking crew member chosen uh, to deal with uh, a question from a premium member, and the premium member that I will be joined with is Troy Chapman, uh, Chapo in the forums, and he's calling in from Australia, uh, one of our lovely premium members who's a big part of our book studies and some of the other fun stuff we do here at rec.poker. So we're just going to cue into our study session and uh, we are just talking about game selection and how Troy is going to put a plan together for how he can study effectively and reach his poker goals. So please listen along and I hope you enjoy and uh, come on over to uh, rec.poker and you, or you could just email jim at rec.poker. And if you're a premium member there, tell me what you'd like to talk about and with whom we'll set you up and you can have a fun time just like Troy here in the rec room. Okay, talk soon. It's how they play. So <laughs> I get very frustrated with those sort of games. Um, so I try to play the bigger events. Um, usually what happens I've found over time is that once the buy-in gets to $100, it weeds out a lot of those sort of players. Yeah. And then... And then as soon as you get to a point where uh, it's a freeze out and then, the, then and you know you're going for a long day, it just makes the players who are a little bit more casual about the whole thing stay at home. Mm-hmm. And the guys who are a bit more uh, keen on their poker go to those games. That's my yeah. experience. Yeah. No, I think that's right. And I think, you know, game selection is so important. And, you know, knowing the kind of assumptions that you can make about the player field, I think is really important too. So being in a, being in a tournament where, uh, you know, the people are going to be, even if they're like, they're, they're going to be more predictable, which is a good thing. Yeah. Even if it's what's predictable about them is that they're playing technically sound poker. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you, so there's, yeah, I understand. I understand that. Cause that's the kind of, uh, those are the kind of players that you want to be crafting exploits against and that, you know, you want to be developing your strategy against. And it's hard to play against players that um, don't really take it seriously because it's hard to make good assumptions about their ranges and like what their actions mean and that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's a tension that I think a lot of people feel because it's definitely the case that those, you know, those less intentional players, they're definitely worse players. So there's like, you know, you you probably have a bigger edge just by playing disciplined poker with tighter ranges in those games and letting them kind of spew off. But that's not really, you know, we're not, we're not recreational poker players because we just want to sit there and play the top 10% of hands all the time. Like you, you could write an algorithm to just go and play only good cards and you know, that's not really yeah. what we like about playing poker. So, um, I, and, and th- yeah, so I think there's, it makes a lot of sense to be 
picking the game where you get to express the edge that you want to express on the field, where you get to kind of draw up your opponents in a way that um, you can exploit. And, and ultimately have a better uh, better time doing it, right? Because what I, yes. what I find is when the games are more gamble orientated because everyone, it's like I worked out and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's about 35, hour, 35 hands an hour you can play live. Yep. That's yep. the stuff I see online. Yep. So if you're there for four or five hours, you've got a chance at maybe 120 to 150 hands. And that's if you're there right to the final few um, players in the field. Mm-hmm. So everybody just wants to go there and play hands. Right. So being able to sit back and have an opening range of 9% under the gun, it's just right. not a known thing, right? Right. So, the, the population just wants to go and have some fun where yeah. I'm now getting to a point where I suppose one of my questions to you was how do you then start to choose um, more games orientated around, uh, I suppose, the longer-term goals, which I was uh, hopefully in my email I was a little bit uh, – I was fairly clear on. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I really like this email. So thank you uh, for all this good information. Um, and I, I, I asked you a few little questions um, before we got started, and I really like what you sent me back here. Um, I think I really like your attitude about poker, like your approach to poker. And I'm a really competitive person, too, and I, I bring that into poker 100%. And it's, it's yeah. part, you know, um, so tell me a little bit about, uh, so you, you used to be competitive in sports. You brought a lot of competition from your sports uh, life into poker. Tell me a little bit about uh, the sports that you played and, and what that's been so, like for you. Um, now retired, but I did, um, uh, so I was on the Australian karate team and used to fight overseas and things like that. So cool. everything that I was doing there, um, and I ended up having a crack at, uh, uh, what division was it? Fitness model. I went oh, and did yeah. uh, like a bodybuilding show and stuff like that. Um, and everything that uh, that I seemed to do was very process orientated. Hmm. So uh, that's, I used to have a coach who was a, um, a psychologist and he said that basically you can set someone like you want on a path as long as they can see the steps like in a recipe, they eventually get to where they need to be. Yes. Um, I'm not very... Uh, I'm not a very creative person. I'm a financial advisor by trade. Um, so basically, if I can see how it maps out, I can do the I can do the maths around it. I'm a fairly numbers orientated person. Um, I'm yeah. I'm just creating crafty lines and things mm. like that within poker is not something that comes uh, natural to me. My my thought will be whether or not I see an opportunity there on something I've already read. Yes. And, Right. That to me is how that makes sense. Yes. Not coming up with something funky on the spot. Yeah. So, that, that's very familiar to me too. I'm, I'm, I'm also someone who's best uh, starting with something and then kind of refining it and making it my own. Like I'm more of an editor than a creator, um, more of a refiner. And mm-hmm. I like having sort of that starting place already laid out. Um, that does make it easier for me. And I think the more you, and I know you mentioned here uh, how much you enjoy the process of studying. And uh, um, I think that, you know, w- when you're in a, when you do have that kind of roadmap for success and you know what you're going to be building on in the next course, you know, like that kind of thing, then it gives you both sort of like a context with which to work with the information that you're taking in, 
Um, mm-hmm. And also, kind of like, also like a confidence to plan ahead a little bit and to like invest yourself in that in that current stage because you can see how that's going to build on itself um, in the future. And I think stuff like stuff like uh, uh, developing lines, like post flop lines and betting patterns and stuff like that, is such a cool thing to be able to dig into once you, once you've kind of like set the parameters so that you're not just lost in this world of like, oh my god, what do I even think about next? Um, mm-hmm. That's actually what the next rec poker study uh, seminar that we're doing is about betting lines. Uh, and I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. So that's one thing I think you'll enjoy that comes out in uh, March, early March. Um, so yeah. that'll be something. Okay. And I think you can, yeah. And, and come in, I think if the timing works out for you, you should come and uh, join the recording for that. Cause you could ask some questions. Uh, Chris uh-huh. puts this whole presentation together. So that, that that's going to be fun. I think no matter what. Um, so, I, I love all this information. You sent me some great notes here. You're living in Australia, and unlike some of us, you get to play live poker fairly regularly. So I'm very jealous already of that. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, and you say you get to play about two to three times per week live and uh, that you jump online occasionally from time to time, mostly just to try some new spots, to put a little volume in and to get some familiarity. Because that is one big difference is that if you're serious about learning, um, it's hard to get the volume of hands in live, as you pointed out, just because, uh, you know, 25, 30, 35 hands an hour. Um, it's just hard to get that kind of volume in, but you get to spend more time thinking about every decision. You get to, you know, really steep yourself in the process of, of playing live. And of course, there's so much more information available to you live when you get to explore tells on people and, you know, you get to, you get to know the opponents a lot better. So, um, I like this concept of, I'm, I reviewed what you said about where you'd been learning before the post-flop workbook by split suits. Great. I've heard really good things about that course. Um, the core course from red chip as well. I haven't really uh, been through that myself. Um, and I do see you all the time in the rec poker, uh, study groups and, uh, some of the other learning materials that we do here. Um, and I like the idea of kind of planning for, I like, like you're, it feels like you're already a very thoughtful player. You are, you have some good goals. Um, you really just need to kind of focus on what are the areas that study will provide the biggest return for you. Um, like where can you, you get, get bang the, for buck? Yeah, but yeah, that's right. And it really is like time is a valuable resource, right? I mean, like you're a small Mm -hmm. business owner, um, so you don't have an infinite number of hours each week to spend playing or studying poker. So um, studying is an important part of it. Like, obviously, we all just want to play poker all the time, but uh, um, building in some regular study, I think is really important. And then, you know, choosing the right stuff so that you can get the most out of it is also really important because your time is a valuable resource. Mm. So I, and I've found just just on that I've yeah. found some stuff that has been very overwhelming because there's so much content out there like mm. outside of the rec poker world mm-hmm. um, that is uh, there's just you, you could be lost for years slowly going through things. Um, I found um, one of the courses uh, probably won't say it out loud, but one of, one of the things I found on there in regards to uh, one of the courses I found to be really complicated 
um, and was very much driven towards online players. Mm. And I know that I know the uh, uh, the techniques and the skills obviously trans- transition from uh, across both fields. Like if you know how to look for a squeeze spot, you know how to do that online and live, right? Sure. So I get that, but um, the I, I thought that course uh, A was uh, fairly expensive, but the um, was very much designed, uh, very technical. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my head, I had really had trouble getting my head wrapped around it and then being able to find uh, those little bits within those courses to then say, well, tonight I'm going to try to yeah. work on this particular part. So you end up spending, uh, I don't know, so many man hours in trying to actually get your way through a course. And then at the end of it, I'm going, oh, hang on, I don't actually really think I've actually changed anything. Mm-hmm. in regards to how I'm playing, what I'm looking for. I've just digested a whole bunch of stuff like watching a movie right. or reading a book. But at the end right. of it, I don't really know if anything's actually been achieved. Yeah, and that's and that's a common issue, I think, because people get very um, – there's so many ways to learn kind of passively these days, whether it's through podcasts or just watching training videos or things like that. And you, you said it exactly correctly. You're, you're kind of, you're, you're absorbing it, but you're not really thinking, you're not really coming up, you're not incorporating it uh, into your actual strategy, right? And mm-hmm. when you're there in the table at the, at the moment, um, you know, often, off, I, I'm, what, what, what often can happen is you, you know, you get in your rote, uh, your normal rhythm of play, and then while you're driving home from the tournament you lost, you're like, oh, yeah, that I remember I should have done that thing from that video I saw or something. And it's like, well, that's no good to you now. <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, so part of it is like, yeah, as, as you point out, you already know having a plan, having a plan for the study, what you're going to study, what you're going to try and get out of it, how you're going to uh, relate that into your into your play. Mm-hmm. So um, the first part of it, I think is choosing what kind of study you want to take on and like what what is the medium that is best for you what's going to help you retain the information the best and what's a what's a real sustainable realistic study plan when it comes to you know you've got so many days in the week you want to play on some of those you've got a lot of other time constraints can you build out you know two or three study days or half an hour each day or something like that, uh, that's it, that works for you. And, um, you don't have to stick with that forever, but I think if you have a chance to sort of line up like a month in advance and say, okay, these are the days I know I don't have time to do anything. I'm just going to work on my real life and get through the day on these days. These days I want to go play on these tournaments, uh, in this local card room. Um, these days I'm just going to build in an hour of study time each day or something like that. And then stick to that for a month. Um, Part of it is it just takes that repeated effort to kind of gain some momentum and to train your brain into like, okay, now I'm, I'm here in this place where I always do my studying, you know, um, I'm kind of priming my mind to retain this information properly. It's part of my routine, my rhythm. Um, That's, that's one thing, just, because we're all human and we need to make it as easy on ourselves as possible to uh, take this stuff in and to make it stick. Right. Um, yep. so that's, that's a big part of it is like the setting, um, giving, giving yourself a repeatable, uh, routine 
where you're always going to be open-minded and you're thinking about things. Um, and then whatever it is that you're studying, and we'll get into that in a bit, uh, active learning as opposed to passive learning, where you're actually taking notes, you know, start a journal, whether it's, I'm a pen and paper guy, but um, it's, it's better if people use like an Excel document or a Google sheet or something like that, um, where they can go back and review their notes from before, or like search by keyword or something like that. And there's, there's a bunch of different ways to organize that. Um, Sky Matsuhashi has uh, some good resources. They're free if you go to poker strategy or no, if you go to uh, smartpokerstudy.com. Um, he's got, he, he, he's, uh, he's a process guy as well. And so he leans on like workbooks and, uh, you know, having, having the same system in place often so that you're repeating the process, but with new information. Um, he's got a couple of really good ways to track and take notes and things like that. And uh, Split Suit also, who I know you're familiar with from the, the program you referenced here, he's also really good at that kind of step-by-step, you know, use this worksheet, uh, you know, track. Um, he's got one on, there's a hand-reading one of his that I think is yep, free. Yep, hand-reading course. I haven't yeah. found that yet. Yeah, yeah, that one's really good. That one's that yeah. I, I honestly, I think that might be a good place for you to start or to put on your early list because it's exactly the way you're talking about it. Um, it's a process based. It's something that you can do at the table in your head eat roughly, um, but it's going to be so much easier doing it on the pa- pen and paper with it, or in a PDF or however you like to work. Um, and I think hand ranging, the process of hand ranging is one of the most important things that any recreational or professional poker player can be spending their time on. Um, particularly competitive guys like us, uh, like we, you know, we're going to already have that, that instinct to kill, <laughs> you know, at the table, you know, like we're, I, uh, you know, um, once we're, once we feel like we are comfortable with the math, which I know won't be a problem for you with your math background. Um, having a way to kind of just use, use an existing framework to come to easier decisions at the table. Um, mm-hmm. or then, then you've got the confidence to make that play, right. Where, you know, like I don't, cause a lot of poker is how we profit from those in between strength cards, those hands that are not like everyone does really well with pocket aces. Everyone loses pretty, with two it's sevens. It's an easy game, right? If yeah. <laughs> It's an easy yeah. game if you had aces. Or you, you flop a set. So this yes. is what I laugh to people about. Dude, you played that well. You flopped a set. Right. It's, not that, it's not that hard a game. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Life's pretty easy for Chris Jones when he's playing pocket fives and all he sees is fives for days. That's a that's a that's nice, it. nice it's, life, it's, right? It's not a hard game. It's, the hard <laughs> game is seven eight suited yes. on the cutoff yeah. and the flop not, not hitting you. Yeah, but range is better than what the caller's range is in the. Um, blinds and then starting to work out that yeah that's a hard, that, that to me isn't that to me i have interest in um rather than uh and trying to start to work out when i look at my cards okay every hand from this point that yes. i would be playing this yes. is how it plays yes yeah so yeah. I've, i i believe i've moved on from just looking at the two cards in front of me and saying so every hand i play Yes. From this position, this is how it starts. And then locally, I have people that then go, well, I didn't realise you'd have eight, nine suited there. Um, and then it starts to 
sort of all fall into place. Yeah, that's that's a cool, that's a fun feeling too, isn't it? Right. Yeah. When, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like I know that's part of the things I love about poker is, uh, I mean, it sounds bad, but it's like beating people, <laughs> you know, like, Absolutely. <laughs> And that's why it's important that people are taking it seriously and trying their best because I don't know, I won't speak for you, but for me, it's only really fun to beat people when they're trying their best to beat me, you know? And uh, like, but, but it's so much easier for someone to say, well, I wasn't really trying. It didn't right. really worry me. Right. So what victory is, is there in that? Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So I think right off the bat, I think we're already finding some good. And then the other thing is like, this is, this is a, this is a lifetime goal, right? Like for yep. some of this yep. stuff, you, we're going to improve immediately, but for some of it, part of the fun is that we get to study this game for the rest of our lives. Like I hope I mm -hmm. never solve poker. Um, mm -hmm. I just hope I get to keep studying it and getting better week by week. And, um, you know, like everyone has their own version of success. I'm not planning. I'm, I have no interest in being a high stakes professional poker player, um, but I want to play in good games and, 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 you know, I want to be a profitable player. I want to be a thoughtful, strategic um, player who, who takes people apart. And, you know, like, I, and I feel like that's what you want to, you want to be a winning player. Yeah. You want to make money with it. Um, uh, and I think that's a lot of the satisfaction that we're going to get out of it is, uh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I was quite upfront in that email. Um, yes. where I said that I have no aspirations of being a professional player. Mm. Um, I enjoy what I do for a living. What I want to do is be able to be, and I, I worked out a, a level of buy-in that I would, I would like to be able to go to a game where it cost me 550 bucks Australian. Mm -hmm. Um, the occasional one a year up here was, was about 1500. Mm -hmm. um, where they do it it's a big tournament but i would like to be able to go to a 550 game sit down and not be upmatched yes and be competitive the whole way through the day yep. to me if i can do that I, I would consider that to be a point at which i could say not that i've conquered it but i've got to a point where i'm very happy with my game but if i go now to a 330 buy-in which i was talking to a couple of people about a little while ago I sat down at the table. The guy next to on, on my left had just won the six max. Mm. A couple of guys to his left were um, like major winners in the uh, the region not long ago. The guy that to the left had just binked at the thirty something thousand dollars the night before. <laughs> um, and I sat down at the game. No one knew me because it was down in a different part of Sydney. Right. And I was just outmatched from the get go, especially when at the local games I play. I'm usually the most aggressive. I'm known as an aggressive player. I get there and I played like a timid schoolgirl mm. because I had, uh, I, they were three betting me like crazy and I'm just completely outgunned, outmatched. So yeah, and that's, uh, I, and I would that's, like to get to a game where I'm competitive like that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. That's, and I think that's a great goal. I think that's a great goal. Um, and I think the more, you know, part of that's just experience. Part of it's just the, the confidence of your studies, knowing that, you know, you don't have to second guess yourself in this spot, you know, at the table. Um, and, you know, part of it's just playing, playing a few more of those tournaments too. And, you know, uh, the shine rubs off some of those guys pretty quick too. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, I, I like this idea. You're, you're kind of looking forward and you're thinking like, this is what I, um, this is, these are the kinds of games I want to be playing in. This is how often I want to be playing. And I think you're right. Uh, 
it's valuable to have have it split up a little bit so it's like okay i'm playing mostly i'm playing the 100 to 300 range games and i've got this 500 one that i take a shot you know once a month or something and then i've got this 1500 one that i do once or twice a year uh, yep. because yeah you know, be something perfect. like that yeah yep. yeah be perfect. so i yep. think that's that's very that's very uh manageable and i think you know you you know being one of the great things about our situation is that we are recreational players and like the pleasure that we take in the game is is a part of it and we also don't have to be so married to our bankroll uh, as a professional player does. So you and I are both small business owners. Um, if we brick, you know, three months worth of tournaments, uh, you know, we're not going to be too happy about it, but we still get to put food on the table. So there's, there's an element of uh, like the pleasure that we get to take in it that I think should allow us to relax our bankroll um, requirements yeah, a little bit. Yeah. As long so as we're. I played a couple of games last year at star city, which is our casino in Sydney. And I, I ran deep in both tournaments, didn't cash, but mm. I came home and I said to my wife, I had a ball. Yes. So, and so I got the utility out of my buy-ins yes. just by the fact I was down there playing at the casino. There were a few pro poker players that were almost guest celebrity type guys. Went up, had a photo with them, had a bit of fun, had a couple of beers. It was just fun. And even though it might've cost me, I don't know, 500 bucks, or 600 bucks over the weekend, the utility I got from it, it was great. Oh yeah. And try doing anything you love for a weekend and spending less than five or 600 bucks these days. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Entertainment, you know, costs money. We're mm-hmm. in the privileged position where sometimes our entertainment can actually make money for us. You know, like yeah. that, you're never going to make money going to the movies all weekend. Um, no. right? so, you know, yeah. Well, I don't know the kind of movies you're going to, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I love that. And I feel like we're just the luckiest bastards in the world, to be honest with you. So, um, so let's take advantage of that. Right. Like God. Um, so, so that would be part of it. Part of it, I think would be being, being realistic and forward thinking about game selection, bankroll management, um, getting your wife on board, you know, like everybody has to be on the same team for this kind of thing. And that not only for the money of it, but also you're going to be gone, you know, for some of that time. And, uh, um, you know, you need that strong support network at home, um, no matter what you do, but certainly in the, in the poker life, uh, you know, you need someone to come home and complain to <laughs> about the bad deeds and that kind of stuff too. And, um, and one piece of advice that I always that I always look back on that someone gave me was, uh, if you're out playing poker and you win, bring home flowers for your wife. And if you're out <laughs> playing poker and you lose, bring home flowers for your wife. <laughs> and, and, um, make sure that it's like it. something that uh, is positively reinforced at home, and you know she'll never complain that you're out having a good time and uh, <laughs> potentially winning millions. Right? I mean, that's the that's yeah. the big fun. So, um, so, all right. I don't want to get into your, uh, your bankroll stuff on the, on the air here, because I think that's kind of private information. Um, so we can, we can get together again and talk about the specifics of what that would look like. Um, you lucky bugger down there playing live poker in Australia, man. I'm so jealous. Um, and so let's just talk a little bit then about, uh, what actual study resources would be good for you what your kind of timetables like. Um, mm-hmm. So you're a small business owner. Uh, to me, that means that it's hard to punch out sometimes. So like you're kind of on the clock all the time. 
Um, yeah, that would be correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, and- but... For example, when stuff comes up, I just book it two weeks in advance. Yes. So my diary works if it is, if it's not in the diary, it doesn't exist. Yes. And in two weeks' time, you've got the flexibility to start adding things in. So, for example, the book study groups we do with Rob, they were booked out every fortnight. Yes. And I never missed one. So, uh, and that's in the right in the middle of our day. Um, so the recce's today. That'll be, that's been booked out for some time. I want to go, I'm t- taking the time out of the day to go and do that. Um, so that works for us. As long as I have everything booked in at least two weeks in advance, there yeah. is time to be made in for most things. Oh, that's great. That, that's the right attitude to take too. I'm, I'm the same way. Um, I am never free within 48 hours, but I'm pretty much always free a couple of weeks down the road. If you can, you know, take the time to book yeah. it out, then I think that's a great way to, to, to look at it. So that's great. So then you, you do have the ability to block out some time regularly and mm-hmm. um, okay. And are you, you're playing two to three times a week pretty, pretty regularly. Is that like a standard and are those that's on, uh, are they on the same days ever typically every week? Or do you uh, Thursday night, which is tonight for me, um, Sunday night, and then uh, I may play a Friday or I'll play, I might sub around one of the games and play a bigger one on a weekend here. Yep. Just trying to hunt, uh, hunt down one of the bigger games in Sydney. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then you do have, um, so when, and what do you think is a realistic amount of study time? If we, if we wanted to like program in some for you, are you the kind of person that it's better to do, like half an hour or 45 minutes a day, five days a week, or are you better doing like two hours, two or three times a week? Or what's your natural I'd probably be rhythm? better off with the um, uh, half hour to an hour, somewhere in there on most days. That would be far more achievable okay. than uh, big blocks because there's just too many distractions. And um, so then, then we get down to, so what are you going to be doing with that time? Um, I think... You know, we're, we're in an era now where training videos are very efficient. Like, they're much more efficient now than they used to be. They can transmit knowledge better. People are getting better at marrying graphics and, you know, um, outputs from Flopzilla and solvers and stuff that you don't then have to do in real time. Uh, I mean, I still like reading books about poker, but um, it's more trying to get the most out of every minute. I do think like videos are probably the best way to go because you get to kind of see other people doing things in real time. It gives you that immediate feedback. So um, I could see not every day though, I think, because we want you to have some variety in what you're doing. But yeah, And also there needs to be some sort of flexibility in it, right? So because um, obviously life gets in the way. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's um, now you say you don't play online much, but you do play online a bit. Do you have? Uh, I would say most days. Oh yeah, okay. Like, but they may not be a very long um, stint online. Yes. Like I'm not. I'm not grinding out hours online. Uh, I would say most afternoons or most nights, like last night, I, I sat down to a little bit of Netflix and played a $5 tourney. Yes. That sort of thing. Or uh, I might multi-table a, a cash game and play two cash games at once and just try to find those little spots where it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. That's, okay, great. Yeah. Great. That's yeah. what I wanted to get at. Okay, perfect. Um, and I agree 100%. Uh, 
these days, if I'm like just doing paperwork or something, I'll throw up a one table on a cash game or a cheap little tournament or something. Just, you know, because even, even, uh, even Bluffsterini is still only playing like 30% of the hands most of the time, which means that you're folding most of the hands. So, yep. you know, and, and I, I play with a HUD, so I don't, I don't always have to, you know, be paying attention to every second of the action because my HUD's going to track a lot of that anyway. So I can kind of dip in and out of it, which is really helpful. Um, and just focus on the key decisions that are there. Do you use a, a tracking software like Poker Tracker or Hold'em Manager? Or I like use that? Poker Tracker four. Oh, awesome! Um, okay. I'm on GB Poker, which doesn't yep. support, ah. um, and you can't do HUD. So the issue is in Australia, you can't really be on online poker, right? Um, and you need a intermediary to help out. Mm. So, and I won't play on. Um, uh, I don't know if I should say all this because if it gets all recorded, but no. I won't play on. <laughs> yeah. It's I like play on yeah, PP Poker. Yeah. Poker Bros, because I believe it's a Ponzi scheme. If everyone asks for all their money back in one go, I just don't believe it's there. Um, so I, I don't mind playing on GG. I, I only play through, there's an intermediary here who helps out with all that sort of stuff. There's right. a bunch of uh, young poker pros in Australia. Um, but then again, when I'm on there, I'll play $5 tourneys, I'll play $3 tourneys, and I'll play a 10 cent. Uh, sorry, a ten dollar no limit. Mm. Some cash. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's the sort of stakes I'm playing. And do you? Is there any way to get those hand histories? Like, is there yes. a way? Yeah, I've done that. Yep. Okay. You can, okay. It will download, but nothing comes up. You just can't play with anything live. Okay, but you can still record the hand histories and review them yourself later. I believe so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that that so I think twenty five thousand hands in cash. I'm running. I'm running. I'm running positively. Nice. Uh, but that's yeah. It's not hugely positive, but oh, it is. What dude, it is. if you're if you're running even marginally positive, you're already ahead of eighty five percent of poker players um, in yep. those games. So that's a huge accomplishment already, Troy. I think you should feel really proud of that. Um, lots of the people that I think of as like successful recreational poker players, you know, they're break even marginal winners marginal losers you know they're getting the pleasure from the game um, yep. and i think you know making it making even just a little bit of money on it is just is just phenomenal so good for you and then obviously we want to make more money and we want to be more profitable and, and you know part of it's just because money is the way that we keep track of how much we're winning right and mm-hmm. we we want to win <laughs> we like we like winning things so um so, you know, the money kind of is a way of keeping score um, as yep. much as it is uh, anything else. Like, uh, I think about, um, you know, small business owners, it's very rare that outside of like big, um, uh, big like jackpots in, in tournaments or anything, most of the money that we make playing recreational poker is just going to be beer money anyway. Uh, but, but it is, it's that place of knowing how well you're doing, how versus how well you used to be doing, you know, ragging on Mm -hmm. your friends, whatever it is that, uh, that competition um, brings to you. So, so first of all, way to go. That's awesome to be uh, better than break even player, even if it's just a marginal winner. Um, the other really good news about that is that I think using that database of hands in poker tracker to review your own hands um, whether it's in going back and just going through a, a particular tournament uh, hand by hand or drilling down and finding particular spots by position or stack depth or action in the hand um, just having those 
hands available to review is going to be a big asset to you. Um, mm-hmm. I know you're gearing towards live play and you're not going to be able to really analyze your live hands in the same way. But um, as you said earlier, like I think a lot of the spots do kind of line up and you can, you can learn, you can apply a lot of it from one to the other. So mm-hmm. I think, I think right off the bat, I would recommend to you um, the, the one thing that I think would be really helpful for you. So rec poker has an affiliation with Sky Matsuhashi's thepokerforge.com. So uh, that's his paid training site. And he does a bunch of good stuff there. And if anybody is interested, they can go to rec.poker slash resources and they'll find a link to that. Um, I think in your case, uh, uh, he has a YouTube channel, um, Smart Poker Study YouTube channel, I believe, which has a bunch of free videos there. Um, one of the playlists is called 66 days of hand reading or 60 days of hand reading or something like that. And he just does a video of each day. He does all these in a row. Um, he goes through a hand reading exercise that he uses his poker tracker for results to frame the whole thing in. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a good exercise for you too. Uh, so he's, he's got, some free resources there. I think he's got, it's not like a work be, a workbook, but there's a couple sheets. Um, I'm just going to actually just pull it up here while we're, and so it's literally, it's just 66 days. Each video he does a day, he does a hand. Um, a lot of them are sort of 15 to 25 minutes long. So it feels like that could be right in your wheelhouse. And I would want you to kind of go through this process with him and uh, just like pause the video and make your own assumptions and and then see how they line up with what he's saying. He uses Poker Tracker Four um, to go through the hands, and then I think you would be able to then take those that same approach and and take that to your own review. I okay. do think that um, Split Suit Workbook that we were talking about earlier, the, the, that hand ranging uh, one, that would be mm-hmm. good as well. And I know we're focusing a lot on hand reading and hand ranging but it's because it's the process that is going to, by internalizing it, it's going to make it easier for you to study in all the other things I'm going to ask you to look at uh, as, okay. we, as we get further along. This is going to be the, the system, the process by which you start thinking about what are the factors in each hand I need to be thinking about, you know, what, what's different now than on the next orbit or something like that. Um, so I think that'd be, that'd be really helpful. Um, there is a, we just finished recording the Rec Poker seminar on board textures. So that's going to drop uh, the first week of February. I think that would be really helpful too, um, because that, that really gets into the idea of, as you referenced earlier, when, what kind of boards can I take this away from my opponent, regardless of the actual hands that I have? Um, you know, one of those, one of those, one of those spots where you actually get to make money instead of just trading it back and forth all the time. Um, and then, yeah. So then I guess I would challenge you, Troy, to kind of think about finding some time in the day when you're naturally, 
in, in a flow where studying and, and working on this is going to be a good use of your time. And it's, you know, not when you're tired or cranky or stressed out about work or, you know, distracted by other things. It doesn't have to be the same time every day, but I, I find it's nice to have sort of some routine to it because it just kind of trains me to get into that rhythm. And then I would say just like for the next two weeks, maybe, and maybe we could even just jump on another call two weeks from now and, and review. Um, I would say try and take five days a week for two weeks. So that's 10 sessions. Um, and try and spend, I don't know, six of them uh, going through either Sky's videos or uh, working with the split suit course um, with that handbook. And then the other four, actually getting into your own poker tracker for a database, reviewing a tournament history, uh, or maybe I've got some videos. If you go to rec.poker slash gym uh, and scroll down, there's some videos uh, that I've got up there working with poker tracker for um, one of them's like a database analysis I did for a client. And you can see some of the ways to kind of filter that data and to drill down into it a bit. Um, I think, yeah, I think uh, it's going to be hard to know like what to drill down into other than just like looking at like maybe next time we talk, you can pull up your database and I can take a quick look at some of the positional stuff and maybe we can find some specific areas to target. Um, but I think just going hand by hand through it and, and seeing if there are things that, you know, you didn't notice in real time that when you look at it as an objective observer, oh, that's a factor I should have been paying attention to or something. And then the most important thing, over these two weeks, I want you to keep a record of the spots that you found you were uneasy or uncomfortable or unsure or just didn't feel perfectly confident proceeding. And that'll be a lot, right? Like the, it should be. <laughs> um, and then every time you, let's say, um, like calling too wide from the big blind. Like that can mm -hmm. be the root of a lot of problems, for instance. So if you notice that like, oh man, I, I keep doing this, like put a little tick next to it in your, on your notes. And, and after, after a week you look down and you're like, wow, I got like 18 ticks next to this. This is something I really need to take more seriously. And, you know, for me, it was playing suited aces. I was such a sucker for suited aces and I would like, yeah. I just call with them all the time in any position. It's like, I want that nut flush, baby, bring on the nut flush. I'm going to play this so aggressively. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it took kind of getting kicked in the junk a little to, to go back and say, Oh, I'm actually losing money with like a six suited. Um, I should not be playing this the same way that I'm playing ace five suited, ace 10 suited, you know, stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. But you need you need a you need a lot of hands in your database in order to get real information and not just false false information red herrings. So, yeah, I would say that take take ten days, uh, smart poker study, um, the post flop workbook, the hand funneling workbook, and uh, going through your own poker tracker for how how long into the past do you have poker tracker for hands? Like how for how long have you been putting hands in that database approximately? Oh, I can probably update it, but um, I think you can in GG Poker back, go back about three months. So okay. in, I think it's in rushing. So th through the fast fold stuff, there's 25,000 hands right. in the last three months. So it gives you an idea of my volume. Yeah. Um, in normal, normal poker on there, there's um, about the same. 
so just in normal Holden, mm-hmm. um, and then there's there would be a number of tourneys. So yeah. I don't mind playing the the little tourneys they have on there all the time. That's great. So you've got you've got enough you've got enough in there that a it's not going to be immediately predictable to you what happened in that hand because you've got enough other hands to where and you've got different formats which is nice so you can kind of pick what you want to work on in there mm-hmm. one thing that you might find helpful particularly because when we were talking about playing in tournaments where people have uh predictable ranges and how that makes it easier to play against them um i i like when i'm when i am really practicing my hand ranging i like to go back into my database a bit and I turn off the setting that displays heroes hands so that when you pull up the hand in the replayer, you actually don't know what your own hand was there. And I hand range myself. I I think this is a really good way to practice hand ranging because you know, generally what your ranges are going to be. You don't know what exact hand you have in your distribution, but you know roughly what your ranges are going to be in any spot. You're like, oh, okay, well, I opened from the hijack, so it's this roughly this group of hands, or oh, I three bet out of the small blind, so it's roughly this you know bunch of hands. And then do the steps that Split Suit and Sky recommend in your workbook, and just do, hand range yourself. And mm-hmm. uh, see how accurate you are. See how natural you can get that process. And then when you start applying it to other people, you know th- the difficulty is just assigning them that range in the first place. And and that's you know that just takes doing it a, a lot and and being mm-hmm. wrong a lot. And and you never get to be perfect, right? Like perfect is not an option. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yep. like good enough is what you're aiming for. Um, I think that even just that, if you took that off for the next two weeks and, 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 and longer, honestly, like this could be something, if you enjoy the process, you can incorporate it into an ongoing uh, study routine. But I think if you, if you just get into that rhythm for two weeks or a little longer than that, um, that should at least tell you, you know, am I finding this valuable? Is this the right kind of format for what I want to do? Um, you know, is it, is it the right use of my time? And mm-hmm. I think I think that would I think that would be a good place to start anyway. All right, I'll finish uh, and at the same time I'll also finish the post flop workbook by Split Suit as well. Yeah, I haven't quite finished that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and don't and you know don't feel like and you know we talk about two weeks. Don't feel like there's a hard deadline there, and you have to like mm-hmm. get X done by then or whatever. You know, like like life is what's important here. Poker is just how we have fun along the way. So no, no, uh, completely get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. great. Okay, well, I'm I, I'm well, excited, man. Yeah, send. Um, let's follow up by email, and we can talk a little more about um, some of the bankroll stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, let's set up another meeting um, a little further down the road, and we can review kind of how you did with the with that hand ranging stuff, and see what the next steps looks like. But I'm very encouraged by by the email you sent me, Troy, and just talking with you. And you know, we've talked before in the rec poker stuff as well. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, you're obviously a thoughtful, strategic player. You've got your head in the right space when it comes to studying and playing. I, I, I think you're you're going to crush these goals. We just got to give you the right game plan, and you got to stick with it. And I have no doubt you will. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, um, once you're rich from all these uh, big big ticket tournaments, you can fly some <laughs> fly some rec poker people down to Australia and uh, show us all a good time. I'm looking forward to that. The the jo- the Troy Chapman. Um, uh invitational invitational um. <laughs> yes yes 
<laughs> awesome. So it looks like what we're going to do is just to summarize, I'm, yeah, I'm going to work on the post-flop um, stuff from Split Suit to finish that off. Yep. The thing I like about that is that it's also got a, a lot of stuff to start using with um, Flopzilla. Oh, good. Um, yes. And so, uh, and at the same time, I'll then get the um, underway with the hand reading because I, I believe, and please correct me if I'm wrong, the post-flop workbook and the hand reading will very much complement each other. They will. Yep. Yeah. They absolutely and then, will. Yeah. So I'll get that underway and then I'll, in the meantime, I'll download the last however many hands in a poker tracker for because out of GG poker, that's not an exactly a straightforward process. Yes, I've heard that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I'll get onto that and just keep doing what I'm doing. Would you um, suggest that um, from your perspective, and albeit it's only been 50 minutes, but is it worth my time doing those tourneys that are the nightly ones that run for four or five hours? Mm. Now, that was one of my questions because that sometimes, um, apart from being a social aspect, like you can go there just for socials and have fun and catch up with guys that I know, is it worthwhile pursuing that as an ongoing arrangement or am I better off saying to the missus, I'm not going to play Thursday nights from now on. I'm now going to swap that. I'm home every night this week, but that means that Every second week, there's a $150 mm. tourney down in Sydney, and I'm off, so you mm. won't see me at all on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. Am I better off using my time like that, in your opinion? It's a really good question. It's a really good question, because especially if the people in those tournaments that, that you're considering not playing in, if they're not, if they're not, if you're not learning good lessons in that game, then it might not be the best use of your time. Like, it's fun. Right. But um, I do feel like prioritizing your time is important. And mm -hmm. so you want to, you want your playing time should be in the best playing situations for your improvement. And, you know, um, it's, it's kind of that mix between the, the pleasure and the value of it. Like, like it's, it's fun to play with those guys and to catch up. Um, and you probably, as we were saying before, you probably like have a bigger edge there even, but if you're not, if you're not actually working on being a better player there, I, I mean, I think there is an argument for saying I'd, I'd rather focus this on fewer tournaments that are, I'm going to take more seriously, or I'm going to be, you know, more yeah. focused for. Uh, things like that, like I, 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 but those those edges that you may or may not have in a tournament that runs for four hours with right. maybe 150 hands, yeah, you can't exploit any edge. It's a good point. You got to so, get gamble on, and so that's yeah, right, <laughs> and that's fun. Um, yeah. but I, I, you know, I'm not. I, I, it's hard for me to say that you're like maximizing your poker learning time in yeah. that you know yeah. so Split I, suit has a really good video about it and it may be i just stumbled across it and he says that you'd be better off getting your hourly somewhere else and that mm. sounds to me like an absolute grinders um answer that i'm worried about my hourly win rate and personally i'm not right i enjoy the game all i want to do is make sure i have fun but put myself into spots where i need to go get better and better and better and try to hit that 550 that being the goal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just don't know whether I'm better off spending that $75 twice a week on games where 
I know that the best players don't win. Right. Right. I, I, I know that the, the guy who's limped his whole way through the tournament <laughs> has almost just as, just as good a cho- chance at winning because the blinds are so turbo-based. He just needs to get it in at the right point in time a few times and the, ga- and the game's over. Yeah, so, I, I, I just, hear you, just man. A, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, think, I, I think you're really on to something there. I, yeah, I really okay. do. Because yeah. opportunity cost is something yes. that we don't talk about a lot, but it's real, man. Like none of yes. us get to live forever. We only have so many days in a month, so many hours in a week, and you don't get them back. So, yep. you know, the, the opportunity so finite cost, resource that we have. Exactly. So yeah. if you, you know, if you could be spending an hour doing real good study and taking notes and, you know, preparing yourself for a more important tournament that you're going to be playing later that week or something, um, I think that probably is a better use of your time than some turbo donk fest uh, where it's fun. And, you know, you're still, you're still learning some things like you're learning about short stack play and, um, but most of it's just going to be, it's going to be anecdotal. It's, it's going to, it's going to give you as many like negative ideas as positive ideas when it's like, Oh, I guess I shouldn't have done that. Well, no, it just didn't work out that one time when you get that 150 hands. So yeah, I think that's a really, I think that's a really good, good insight, Troy. And I, I would, I would prioritize that. I would take your time prioritization very seriously because uh you know even even in leisure you know why wouldn't you want to just be the best leisure person as well right get the most out of your leisure as you do with anything else and um yep. you know yep. uh yeah so i i really like that idea and you okay. you'll you'll know best where the where the lines are drawn for that too right um mm-hmm. but having that mindset i think is really important excellent all right well thank you thanks Jim. yeah my pleasure well troy this was great um Email me. We'll talk about the other stuff and we'll set up a call uh, sometime in February. And I'll see you in the Reckies. I'm really looking forward to it. All (laughs) All right. right. Thanks very much, Jim. Good on you. you. Thanks, mate. Well, thanks for listening, folks. I had a great time talking with Troy about game selection, study plans, and how to make the most out of your time on and off the felt. If you're a premium member at rec.poker, you can email me, Jim, at rec.poker and set up a little time in the rec room yourself. And if you're not... Um, go to rec.poker anyway, get a free community account and see what we're all about there. Um, join the forums, post questions to get reviewed on the podcast. You can play in the home games. Uh, we do free training videos all the time. Uh, there's lots of fun to be had there. I'd like to thank Running Aces, Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino, and our friends at Website Amp for making this possible, and my buddy Troy Chapman. All right, see you again soon, I hope, folks.